Hello and welcome to the Scrimber podcast. My name's Alex and on this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior developer job. Today, I'm joined by Tony from Los Angeles, who I'm proud to share recently got their first job at a company called Activision. Oh, you've heard of it? Well, Tony works on the email marketing team helping to code up email templates. It's actually a very specialized and therefore well-compensated job that you're going to learn all about. This is a really good example of finding riches in niches. You're also going to learn how Tony built his reputation by freelancing on Upwork before polishing his LinkedIn and shortly thereafter being reached out to by a recruiter at Activision. So stay tuned for that. The competition for email on Upwork was definitely, uh, you know, not as intense as the competition for full front end development on Upwork. I just said, okay, do I want to be part of the competition or go, you know, somewhere where it's just a lot easier to get into and get more experience. Remember to check out the show notes for links to all the resources Tony mentions, as well as a snapshot of his resume. And with that reminder out of the way, let's get into it. Can you tell us a bit about what you did for work before pursuing development? I was in the horrible world of finance. (laughs) I had been in banking for about 10, 11 years. When I first started, it was one of those things, you know, when you start something new, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I could see myself growing in this type of place, you know, but um, as time went on, I just realized that it was just getting worse and worse. You know, the higher you, uh, you know, you climb the corporate ladder, the, you know, the more egos you see and the more formal it gets. And that environment just wasn't for me. Sadly, I was more concerned about, you know, making, you know, trying to make more financial progress, I guess, than my mental health and, you know, and happiness. So that's why I I guess I decided to stick around once I really look back at it. Finally, the last few years there, I just, um, I said I needed a change, you know, and one of my buddies who was actually a coder, he says, hey, you know, why don't you try looking into, you know, uh, programming? And so I did, you know, I started looking at free courses like Code Academy and like some Udemy courses and things and started diving into it and noticed that I really liked it. So that's where that's where the whole change began. It's interesting that you were staying in part for the money over your mental health when developer jobs can be both very lucrative and at a pace you can manage, right? Yes. The difference is it's, uh, it's astounding, really. <laughs> Were you learning to code alongside your full-time job or maybe you focused on it full-time for a bit? No, I was actually learning to code part-time while I was still working at the bank. I was at a point where I couldn't quit my job. I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to do the whole thing where, you know, quit. I go full-time for, to a boot camp for like three months and then, you know, start pursuing the, you know, the coding career. But I wasn't in a position to do that. So I had to take it, you know, step by step and unfortunately still stay stuck in my job. You know, I was miserable with. So I was coding part-time um, using, you know, free resources, Udemy. I was doing it in and out for a while. And I was having a lot of, uh, you know, I guess a, you could say a lot of setbacks. You know, once you start a code, you you kind of think like, okay, is this really for me? Once things get, start getting getting tough, when you start getting to the hard parts of, of you know of coding, you're just like, um, I don't know, I don't know if this is uh you know worth it, it might be worth breaking my head. But then I started seeing like salaries and you know, success stories and how happy people were, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely something I have to continue with. But I did have a lot of setbacks, like solid one month, two months, I would start, and then I would stop because I had, you know, different things going on. So it kind of went on like that for about a year and a half. I think I had mentioned to uh, Parowin 
we had our, our one-on-one it went on like that until finally the last six months I said, okay, I gotta, you know, go through with this hundred percent without stopping. And yeah, so that's, that's the way it went. That's when I discovered Scrimba and uh, I took in, you know, the front end developer path and it was, that's pretty much where everything just kicked off from there. You mentioned you spoke with Per Scrimba's CEO. You were part of a community meetup we host every week, sort of getting involved in I think that's really cool that you were reading success stories that inspired you and now you're here sharing the same for the benefit of others. Thanks a lot for that, by the way. I think that's really cool. But suffice to say, you were taking part in the community and the Scrimba Discord as well. I'm just wondering what kind of impact that had on your experience. It definitely helps. You know, I think for beginners, when you're just starting and you, you can't pick things up right away, you kind of feel like if you're alone, like if you're the only one that's not understanding a certain you know particular topic. Once you log into the community and start seeing all these chats and you see very similar questions, you start to see like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, I'm not dumb. You know, uh, it's just, it's everyone. It's just a hard topic to understand. And that that's the tough part when you try to go, you know, the self-taught route that you really feel like you're technically on your own and that, you know, you have nobody there really telling you like, hey, you know, it's fine. You're not going to pick this up right away. You know, you're, you, you don't have to learn this right away. It's just about practice. Um, but yeah, once I joined that community on Discord and started seeing, like I said, similar questions, uh, similar struggles in general, uh, you, you know, you just don't feel alone. You feel like, okay, and you start hopping on and remembering those times when you were stuck in a certain position and you helped that person out, you know, because you've been there before. What kept you motivated while you were learning? Uh, you know, it's sort of a tough topic, you know, and I apologize if I choke up. I've always looked up to my dad and I actually didn't bring this up uh, when, uh, when I spoke with Per at, at that meeting, but you know, little, little by little, it, you know, it's, it, it gets easier to talk about, but um, my father was diagnosed with cancer a few years back. I was still staying with my parents at the time. So he would see how I would come home when I was working in finance. He would see how I was frustrated. I was mad. I, you know, I just had a bad day at work. And then once I got into coding, my dad had, um, had told me, oh, you're good. You're going to make the change. You're finally doing what you said you were going to do. Cause I had mentioned that to him. And he's like, well, good. Cause I'm tired of uh, seeing your face every time you come home like that. I want to see you happy for once, you know, maybe that would help you. <laughs> Shortly after I decided to start coding, that's when my father was diagnosed. So sort of, um, like I mentioned the setbacks at times I would go on, but then the frustration of hearing the bad news over my dad, how things were, you know, how his cancer was progressing and such that would just make me want to stop. And then, of course, the stresses from work, I didn't want to continue. So I would stop a little bit. I would say, okay, you know, I need mental break. I need a mental break. I'm going to stop for a couple of weeks here and there. But, um, you know, once I realized that the time was kind of, um, I guess, getting closer to his last days or his last months, I should say, that's when I kind of really said, okay, you know, I want my dad to see me succeed. I was hoping to see him, see me land a job before his passing, but unfortunately it didn't work that way. So sorry about that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what, you know, kept me going. His words, um, me wanting to be like him. Uh, he, you know, he's a very successful person. He was, he was an immigrant, you know, but he came here and he has so much, uh, he built so much for his family and it was me just, you know, wanting to follow in his footsteps, you know, make him proud and really want him to see me, uh, like I mentioned, succeed and to come home happy from work for once. Like, like I mentioned, you know, he said he was tired of seeing me uh, miserable all the time, but that's, that's definitely the biggest motivator that, that, that kept me going. And of course, second was, you know, just myself, you know, wanting to be happy mentally and then financially stable. I'm really sorry your dad didn't have a chance to see you thrive, but I think it must've been obvious for a long time, how much hard work you were putting in and clearly making progress the whole time. Maybe, you know, sometimes we talk about this at the end, but maybe now would be a great time to sort of 
jump to today and, and how things are going, because it sounds like you absolutely smashed your goals. You're working at an awesome company, Activision. I think a lot of people were recognized for producing games they like, as well as being a multinational awesome company. And, and likewise, it seems like you're earning a good living and having a lot of fun doing what you're doing. So we can come back to some other things, but I'd love to just jump ahead a little bit and learn how things are going. Absolutely. Uh, it's actually, it's going really, really good. I'm learning more as I go. I'm definitely happy that I can tell you that. I mean, I actually wake up and I look forward to hopping on and, you know, working on the next project or email or, you know, landing page. It's it's awesome. I work with a great team. Um, we're technically considered the lifecycle marketing team. But I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I, I couldn't be happier. I remember that when you first posted in Discord about joining Activision, you wrote that you joined as a front-end developer. That was presumably the title that you were applying and interviewing for. After, I think, a month and a half, you sort of transferred internally to doing HTML email development, which sounds like quite intriguing, actually. Can you tell us a bit more about that? When you look at an email that you receive in your inbox on your phone, you know, you kind of just think like, okay, they maybe they just like, you know, they have a PSD and they, you know, they put it in the link and, you, you know, you get it, you click on it, you know. But I actually had no idea that emails were made with HTML and CSS. So once um, I discovered that, and this is actually would go back how this opportunity came about. It's one of the things that intrigued me. I remember at first, I wasn't really too fond of JavaScript. So I said, okay, I, I need something that's going to be like more, you know, less of a, you know, programming headache, I guess you could say. So, you know, HTML and CSS, you know, I was really having fun with. And that's pretty much all email is. You use nothing but HTML and CSS. It's very old school. You can use uh, things like you know, more modern techniques like Flexbox and the grid for positioning. Uh, there's a lot of things you can't use, very limited, and everything is inlined. So, you know, when you have, uh, you can use external style sheets. So everything is inlined. So you can have maybe like three or four columns for an email, but you'll have a very chunky looking index file. But yeah, it's really fun. And I, and I like the fact that you can work in a, in a small, I guess, place because you know the max width that you can do within an email is about 600 pixels so it's pretty cool instead of having to worry having to worry about you know media query with like 1200 you know with pixels and all that it's at max is 600 and 320 for mobile it's definitely something that i was into and i started doing um you know i started freelancing with it and that's pretty much how eventually i got into it with uh, with activision it's really quite specialized i think i mean a lot of developers they'll eventually want to send a custom email and be quite shocked to learn that all the css has to go with the email body and that means it has to be in line because you can't send a css file and a link to it with the email and then you might expect to use flexbox or css grid like you say M maybe you and me uh, tony we use gmail or something in our browser but there's loads of people who use things like uh, mail for apple or apps on their phones or I'm, tr I'm trying to think of some older email clients which are definitely you'll know them off by heart probably there are some older email clients out there for sure that are probably quite tricky to work with since they maybe haven't been updated since flexbox came out surprisingly outlook is actually one that has not been updated does it's not updated very well and it's one of the most uh, frustrating uh, email clients to work with we're definitely lucky to have testing tools there are tools uh something called uh, litmus litmus tester and then email on assets so the way that works is that you know once your email code is done you go ahead and copy the code you paste it into that that site and it'll render um like over 73 email clients so you can see you know where your errors or where your bugs are and you can go back and debug them so thankful for those tools <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode of the scrimba podcast please remember to share it with your community followers or even a friend 
Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like, so thanks in advance. Also, remember to subscribe in your podcast app. It could be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other well-known podcast app. We've uploaded every Tuesday since June 2021, and you never know which episode might inspire you on a slow day or spark an idea that changes it all. You started pretty much on Upwork, if I'm not mistaken, doing some freelance work. And I think I read you did 41 jobs and almost 400 hours of paid work on Upwork. So you clearly were taking it very seriously. Was your plan to be a freelancer all along? Or did you just think it was a good way to maybe gain some experience and see what happens? It was a bit of both. Once I started looking into full-time jobs, um, I was really looking for something that's very flexible. Uh, Most of the job postings that I had read weren't as flexible as I want it to be, or at least remote, uh, at least for entry level, which I think is great, you know, to, I guess, to start because when you're entry level position, I think it's good to have, you know, be on on site, you know, I guess, happy, happy with your mentor. So I guess that made sense. But at the time I was liking the flexibility that I had in my life. So I just said, okay, you know, um, can't land the job yet. Uh, Jobs are not coming. So I'm going to go and look for the jobs. Right. So that's when I decided to go to Upwork and uh, I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and start applying for the things I know, look for roles that at least, uh, you know, even though they're scary, I can just Google my way out of it. You know, if, if anything, cause that's what developers do, right. We're, you know, we don't have to know everything, but you know, if you can Google your way out of a problem, then go for it. So I was confident in those abilities. And then with the type of community that I have, especially, you know, in discord as well with Scrimba, I see there's a lot of, you know, help there. So, and then, you know, stack overflow. I was like, okay, I can do this. So I started applying for gigs. Um, wasn't getting very many. Took me a while before I, I, I got my first one. And it was a simple landing page, I believe. It was basic HTML, CSS, no JavaScript. That's when the whole email thing came about. I got introduced to email and I started realizing that there was a lot of email gigs available on Upwork. And the competition for email on Upwork was definitely uh, you know, not as intense as the competition for full front-end development on Upwork. I just said, okay, do I want to be part of the competition or go you know, somewhere where it's just a lot easier to get into and get more experience? And that's the route I decided to take. I definitely did like the whole front end development thing, but yeah, every time you would submit a bid, you would see maybe like about 30, 40 other applicants. At times, you know, when you're a beginner, it's it's discouraging, right? Because you're like, okay, you know, you have all these other applicants, they've probably done so many hours of work and then you know, the client is going to look at the reviews and you have nothing. It's, it's really discouraging. So yeah, and then I, you know, you go and you look at the email gigs and it's like maybe two or three submissions and it kind of makes you feel a little bit better, you know? You're like, okay, I can actually compete with this, you know? especially if I send over some work samples. What happened there? Did you just happen to stumble upon a job that wanted you to do email development or did the, did the idea come from somewhere else? I'm just saying, this sounds like a pretty wicked niche you found, but you did find it and that's the hard part. I was actually learning React and I remember I'm like, okay, I need to take a break from React because it's kind of breaking my head. And I remember at one point, they told me, okay, when you start getting uh, tired or like, or feeling stressed about something, go back to learning something or kind of reviewing things that you already know to help you feel comfortable and confident again. So I started doing that. And I was just kind of looking at um, like just basic tutorials to kind of build, I guess, advanced layouts uh, with Flexbox and Grid on Udemy, just like free stuff, you know, or example, so I can try and follow along or try to do them myself. 
And then suddenly I get this pop-up, this advertisement, uh, you know, hey, learn how to code um, an HTML email. Lots of, you know, there's lots of uh, companies looking to hire email developers and it's a very, you know, uh, specialized field and not a lot of people know how to do it. And, you know, you're probably going to land a job really quick. And, you know, the advertising was just legit and pretty much caught my attention. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me, let me give this a shot. It sounds, I'm intrigued. So uh, yeah, I went ahead and I took the course and it broke my head as well because the video advertisement sounded very easy because it says just HTML and CSS. But then once you get to the specifics where it's just, you know, tables within tables, within tables and table data, table rows, I was just like, wait, what? Why is this nested here? Why is this nested outside? Wait, how do I make two columns? Like, it was just crazy. But, um, you know, I did learn the basics of it. And then I got some good news. Luckily, there is something called MJML, which is like bootstrap for email. So instead of having to build your own like columns, uh, you know, MJML has, you know, a very simple structure for you where, uh, you know, instead of having to write like 50 lines of code, you write like three lines of code and there you have, boom, three columns right there, two columns and you have, you know, everything, your grid set up the way you want it. So, you know, you learn the basics and then you find tools to help, you know, your development life easier. And that's pretty much what I did. Your time is money. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. Um, and since then, like I mentioned, uh, you know, I just started finding a bunch of email gigs that were just a lot easier to work with. And uh, yeah, it's been going really good. I'm still doing it up until, until now. So at what point did this opportunity from Activision come about? It actually just came by one day. As the whole freelancing, you know, gigs were, you know, uh, increasing. I said, now that I have experience and I've actually built some landing pages and websites for some clients, I technically have experience now, right? And that's what people are looking for. So I said, okay, I'm going to update my LinkedIn profile. And that's something that I had heard in one of the community meetings through Discord from Scrimba. There was going to be a, an interview with, uh, I think it was a recruiter. And he had mentioned a lot of these LinkedIn tricks. So I went ahead and used those tips and tricks. And uh, yeah, I mean, I updated everything that he said that I should do. Uh, completed my profile 100%. I put that I had experience freelancing and actually put some of the projects that I had done. And then really everything just turned around from there. People started reaching out to me instead of me having to go out on the hunt. That's where the opportunity presented itself. I was just really just working on an email one day. And then I get an, a message from LinkedIn from a recruiter. And they tell me, hey, you know, we have an opportunity for a front-end developer position and we want to see if it's something that you might be interested in, in working with. We see you have experience in that field. And I said, okay, I'm not looking to work full-time. I'm thinking in my head, but Activision, like, yes, I know who they are. I play their games. It would be freaking awesome to work with them. So uh, yeah, I followed the opportunity. Do you, do you get early access to Call of Duty and things like that? Is this one of the perks of the job maybe? Yes, I absolutely do. I get all the... Well, really? <laughs> oh, wow. I was, I was teasing, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, we do, we do get early, early access. We get to see, uh, you know, we get to uh, try out some of the, you know, the demos to see if everything, the betas, I guess you could say, uh, you know, try them out to see if we catch any bugs and things like that. We get points as well, the Call of Duty points. Um, it's cool stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I can only imagine that if you're largely responsible for sending out the emails when they release the game or release updates you, you probably are exposed to the copy and therefore exactly what's coming up a little bit before everybody else yeah not all the time but yes since activision is the publishing company for a lot of those gaming companies sometimes they're really uh, picky about the things they, they they share with us beforehand so that makes a lot of sense actually i mean game developers can be very secretive until the last moment i suppose they wouldn't want anything to be leaked but but what happened there because the recruiter reached out to you about a front-end opportunity like that was the kind of they were the keywords right the sort of job title i'm just wondering why was it after a month and a half that they sort of changed your job title to be an email developer specifically when it sounds like that was the thing that got you in the door in the first place 
It was originally the position was for a front end developer, but then uh, now where I'm at now in the lifecycle marketing team, they had mentioned that they were short on a, a developer. I guess at the time, you know, the emails that they wanted to send out, the, the email marketing, and a lot of the you know different seasons that were out on Call of Duty at the time, they were getting very heavy. I had mentioned in my resume that I did no email development. So the recruiter then asked me, Hey, you know, we have, I spoke to your manager and he asked if you'd be willing to help the lifecycle marketing team with some email development. So you pretty much be working on both sides. And I said, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, doing the emails. I'm familiar with it. So I am doing the, some of the front development. I like doing both. Cool. Let's go for it. And then, so yeah, uh, little by little, I started transitioning to email developer. So I completely left the whole front end thing. And then they liked the work that I was doing with email. So I just, I was on the lifecycle marketing team. It was just full of email development. Well, then it went back to, you know, with all the changes that were going on internally, it went back to doing both again. I guess not necessarily all full front end because really some of the other developers handle like the actual Activision site and Call of Duty site. Now, the type of things that I'm doing is working on the landing pages. So when you click on one of the links on the email, it takes you to a whole different website or part of the website from uh, Activision. That's pretty much the things that I'm working on. Am I right in thinking that a landing page is quite a specific type of page? Because if a customer clicks the email and they want to take an action, like to buy an upgrade or something, you want to optimize the page so that they can't easily get distracted and they're very likely to click through and take the action they intended to take. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then of course there's always a design. I mean, now the, the work has become a lot easier because I've, uh, you know, like I, ma- I mentioned, I like to like make my life easier. So I know what some of the designers like how they like to, you know, do things. So I've templatized a lot of the, the work to make it just a lot easier for me. And so I can, you know, be faster, more proficient in my work. But uh, yeah, that's generally what a, what a landing page is. Um, so yeah, that's why I still technically consider, you know, front developer since I'm, you know, I'm doing that kind of thing, you know, and some, a lot of the stuff is dynamic as well. It tends to be dynamic from here, from time to time. I noticed that you have quite a nice LinkedIn profile. You, you have a portfolio website as well, right? With a few projects. You just mentioned you have a resume. And then we also discussed how many sort of freelance tasks you completed on Upwork. What do you think were the most significant contributors to, to landing this job based on what you experienced during the interview process? It's definitely my LinkedIn and my resume. Once I changed those two things, that's when everything just, like I mentioned, just started turning around. You know, I really stopped hunting and people were look, looking, you know, for me at the time. And again, that resume actually came from a post from Discord. Somebody had asked a question on how to create a beginner developer uh, resume. And there was somebody who replied and said, hey, you know, here's a link to, uh, here's a YouTube link to this individual who shows you how to create or, you know, what to put on your resume for a beginner. And I pretty much just followed, not the exact structure or the layout, I guess you could say, but you know, the concepts that he was uh, explaining, I followed the same concepts and pretty much used my own uh, little structure and it worked. It sounds like you've done everything pretty much right. So I'm not sure what you're going to say when I ask you, if you were to do things again, what would you do differently? Oof. I mean, I would do, honestly, I would do a lot of things differently. I mean, I would say, you know, one, be definitely be more confident in my skills, join a community a lot faster than I did because for a like I mentioned for a long time, I was feeling like I was the only one who didn't know certain topics. But then, you know, once I joined the community, I learned that I wasn't the only one. So I would definitely join a community faster, socialize with other beginner developers much sooner and start applying for jobs even when you think you're not qualified. Because looking at the type of work that I was doing now and the skills that I had when I was starting, I honestly feel that I believe that I could have landed a job so much sooner. 
really the skills that I had with, you know, to land the job with Dagger Vision were at very entry level uh, JavaScript skills that they were expecting and really HTML and CSS. Now, now, of course, my JavaScript skills have advanced, but looking at what they initially wanted, I, yeah, I definitely could have gotten in with what I learned within like one to two, three months, maybe. So uh, advice for everybody, you know, you're more prepared than what you think. <laughs> Tony Moreno, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> That was Tony Moreno from Los Angeles, a recent Scrimmer student and front-end developer at Activision. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. I figure if you've made it this far, this could be a great time to ask you to consider sharing the podcast. Sharing the podcast with a friend is easily the best way to support the show, so thank you. My name is Alex Booker and I've been your host today. You could follow me on Twitter at BookerCodes, where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimba. Until then, I will see you next week.